0: of just leaning into God's presence, I believe He's going to do powerful things in the days ahead. Amen. So, uh, if you have a Bible or Bible app with you, I'm going to encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 19. That's where we're going to start. Um, And uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version for this particular passage. Luke 19, verses 11 to 27. Here we go. Now, as they heard these things, he, Jesus, spoke another parable. Because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens, not his servants, his citizens hated him And sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants, to whom he had given the money, to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise he said to them, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept "'put away in a handkerchief. "'For I feared you, because you are an austere man. "'You collect what you did not deposit "'and reap what you did not sow. "'And he said to him, "'Out of your own mouth I will judge you, "'you wicked servant. "'You knew I was an austere man, "'collecting what I did not deposit, "'reaping what I did not sow. "'Why then did you not put my money in the bank?' that at my coming I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. But bring here those enemies of mine... Who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me? So, before we get to our actual message today, the, the kind of the core of what we're getting to, there's an aspect of this passage that I want that I want to underscore for us today. I think we would do well to not miss uh, this, even though it's maybe not connected to uh, kind of the core of, of what I, I felt the Lord wanted us to hear today. Of course, the, the, the nobleman in this passage, in this parable that Jesus tells, the nobleman is Jesus himself. And the ten servants represent those of us who are loyal to Jesus and who call him master, uh, who, are, who are those who know Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And the citizens who hate him are those of the world who have rejected Jesus as Lord and Master. And the one thing that I think we want to make sure we don't miss today is Jesus is coming back. It is vital, folks, um, as you listen to this today, uh, it is vital that we are ready for his returning. One of these days soon, he will come, and he will call his church out of the world. It may be in a few years, but it may be this week. We don't know the day or the hour, but every day it is coming closer. And uh, and someday, when we least expect it, millions of people, from what we understand in the scripture, millions of people will suddenly vanish and the world will be in shock and i hear a lot of people say how much worse do you think the world can get than it is right now but the truth is that you will not be you will not want to be among those who miss the calling home of the church because once the light is taken out of the world it will get worse than you could ever imagine A dictator will arise that will seem to bring the world together in peace, but it will quickly become a horror horror show. Evil will be worshipped as good and terror will be the new normal. We have seen hints of these things in our day, but it is nothing compared to what is coming. And I don't often lay it out this serious for us, but I feel an urgency today to warn us to do what we need to do to be ready and watching for the return of Jesus. To not be found selling ourselves out to the greed and the perversion of the world or to be found lazy and unproductive, but to be found doing the things that Jesus has sent us out to do. And Jesus, in this passage, says to us, do business until I return. Do business until I return. Folks, if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, we all have a job to do. Jesus speaks of the nobleman giving to each of his servants a mina, A minor was a sum of money that equaled about three months' wages. So let's just say, for round figuring, $10,000. That would be somebody who has a $40,000 salary, that would be three months' wages, $10,000. And he told them, Here, it's $10,000. I want you to do business with this until I return. And here are some of the things I think we need to hear in this. First of all, Jesus has entrusted kingdom resources to every one of his servants. You have been entrusted with spiritual riches, with gifts, with abilities, with wisdom, with leadership and influence, with financial resources. And Jesus wants you to use all of those things for the sake of his kingdom, to be investing them spiritually until he returns. God has things for you that only you can do. That's why we're told in Hebrews 12 verse 1, to run with perseverance the the race marked out for us. You have a race that God has marked out for you to run. I have a race he's marked out for me to run. Each one of us has a, has a, a distinct, clear, specific race that he has called us to run. Things that he has given us to do. And, and it's our responsibility, it's our job, it's our calling to do those things until he returns. Second thing I think we need to take from this is that Jesus expects a return on his investment in our lives. We will give an account. I will give an account. You will give an account one day as we stand before Jesus. We will give an account for the things that he has invested in us. The the wisdom, the gifts, the abilities, the financial resources, the time, All of those things, we will give an account for the things that Jesus has invested in our lives. And we will will need to report to him what we have done to make a difference in the lives of other people while we have been on on this earth. The third thing I think we need to take from this is that Jesus wants to reward us. When we stand before him, he will be looking for things to reward us for. He wants to reward us. He desires to do that. But if we do nothing with what he has given us, we will lose our reward. But Jesus can't wait to welcome you into his presence and wants to be able to say, well done, good servant, right? He wants to be able to entrust us with greater things. And the, the last thing in this section that I think we want to take from the, just this statement, do business until I return, is that our faithfulness here in this life, in this season, in, in you know, as we live out on this side of eternity, our faithfulness here is training for the future, that you know, some of these servants were faithful with what the, the, the nobleman had given them. And because they were faithful with a little bit of, of investment, they were faithful with $10,000, um, Jesus, said, or, or the master said, uh, I, I, I'm going to give you 10 cities to rule over. That's a big leap from $10,000 that were given to, to, to invest to being overseeing 10 cities. But the idea was Jesus said, You have been faithful with little, I will entrust you with much. And folks, uh, here on this earth in this time, we are in training because the Bible says that we will rule and reign with Jesus, that we will actually rule over angels. There is coming a day when those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord will be entrusted with much authority, much kingdom authority. And what we do in this season will determine what, we, what doors are open to us in eternity. And, uh, and we want to make sure that we are learning what we need to learn and being faithful with what God has given us. Um. <clears throat> What we don't want to hear from Jesus' words today because it's not what he's saying. What we don't want to hear from Jesus' words is that we'd better work like slaves or else. Or else God will not love us. Or else God will not accept us. Or else we will not be saved. Some of us grew up under performance-based families and performance-based religion that said you were only loved and only valued if you earned it. Put in enough hours and God will be pleased with you. Try harder and maybe you'll get free from that sin. Work off that guilt and maybe the fear of God's judgment will go away. And I want you to hear me clearly today that this is not the heart of the Father at all as we can clearly see from Jesus' own life. Jesus didn't do His ministry to gain His Father's love and approval. The day Jesus' ministry was affirmed at His baptism before He had ever preached a sermon, before He had ever healed a single person, He's being baptized, and the heavens opened. The heavens were torn open, the Scripture says. And everyone in attendance heard the voice of the Father booming like thunder, saying, You are my beloved Son. In you I am very pleased. The pleasure of the Father fueled Jesus to want to do good, to bring his father joy. He didn't work for his father's approval, but from his father's approval. Jesus worked very hard, sometimes even to the point of exhaustion, but he did not live a frazzled life, life people's or constantly reacting to the enemy's activity. Um, But we see in John 5, verses 19 to 20, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, the Son cannot do anything by Himself. can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees His Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Jesus lived every day listening to the leading of the Father and following the Father's agenda. He had no trouble saying no to other people's plans or expectations because he knew what his calling was. He knew the race that was marked out for him and he ran it well. There's a great example of this in Mark chapter 1. I love this, this uh, little story. In Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 35, it says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon, Simon Peter, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. I love this. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So so the disciples, Jesus is missing. He's gone on an early morning prayer walk. The disciples go looking for him. Everybody has a plan for Jesus today. Everybody has something they want him to do. And they come looking for Jesus. Everyone's looking for you, Jesus. And Jesus' reply is, well, then let's go somewhere else. Because I'm I'm not here to do what everyone else wants me to do. I'm here to do what the Father has called me to do. I'm not here to live my life according to the expectations of others. I'm here to run the race that God has given me. And uh, I just think that's awesome. Jesus knew that other people's expectations would distract Him from His mission. And folks, we can live this way too. Listening to Jesus, being led by Him as He was led by His Father. And this will give us, in our lives, this will give us so much freedom if we live this way. I, I think this will give us freedom from a few things. Listen carefully to this today. It will give us freedom from slavery of earning favor. The slavery of feeling like we've got to work our, our tails off doing you know, thing after thing, going to meeting after meeting and cramming in all this stuff and I've just got to keep working for Jesus because if I don't, God's not going to love me. God's not going to, uh, you know, God's not going to, to accept me. Um, Folks, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God who is very loved, with whom He is very pleased. If you know Jesus as your Savior, if your sins have been washed away and you have come in to the kingdom of God's Son, as we read the passage we read at the start of the service this morning, was so powerful that we've been brought into the kingdom of His Son. And, folks, if that is you, you are a son, a daughter of God, and you are so loved. And you need to be set free today from the slavery of earning God's favor. The second thing that living like this will free us from is comparison with others. Jesus, in the parable that he told, that we read at the beginning, of of the message. Um, He said the, the nobleman gave to each servant, each of the ten servants, he gave them their mina. And they were not responsible for what he gave the person beside them. They were not responsible to compare with anyone else what they did with what God gave them. They were only responsible for what God gave them. Folks, some of us need to be set free from comparison with others. Right? Uh, how come I don't get to do what they're doing? Or how come, you know, maybe I've got to keep up with them. They're, they're, they're at X number of meetings a, a month. I need, to, I need to do what they're doing. Or, you know, we, we get into this craziness of comparing ourselves with others. And folks, um, you know, this message today as we kick off a season of ministry, um, if, I was, if I was a pastor who just wanted to build a big church on the backs of people and, and, and say, you know, I want you to work really hard because we just need to build this thing really big. And, and uh, you know, if I wanted to do that at the cost of, of you today, I wouldn't be preaching this message. Right? I'd be saying, just come and come and come to every meeting and do everything and and you know get busy for Jesus. But what I want you to hear today is: you are responsible, yes, to be doing the business of the kingdom, to doing what Jesus has called you to do, but not to be comparing yourself with anyone else, and not to be taking on expectations from anyone else. Um Freedom from responsibility for results. Folks, you are responsible to be obedient. But it's Jesus who brings results as we are obedient to Him, as we are faithful to do what He's called us to do. I can't save anyone. I can't change anyone's life. I I only can be obedient to do what God has called me to do to position myself in a place where God's anointing can can rest upon my life and to do what God has set before me to do. The results, I need to trust to Him. And and we need to cast off the the fear that I've got to produce results for the kingdom. And the fourth thing is the expectations of others. You need to run your race not the race that anyone else is telling you you have to run. No is not a four-letter word. In Literally and truthfully, it's not a four-letter word. It's okay to say no. And I, as your pastor, I give you permission to say no. Because you need to decide if we come to you with something that, hey, can you help with this? It may be something where we really need help. And it might be a great opportunity for you to just jump in and serve in some way. Because we all, folks, we all need to just serve sometimes. But I give you permission to say no. Thoughtfully, prayerfully, respectfully, and just say, you know what, I, I, think, I don't think I can take that on. I bless you to be able to say that because we don't want to just build a bigger church on the backs of people who feel the slavery of expectations. But we want you to do what God is calling you to do. Our our effort, the effort God calls us to give, I actually cut out a whole two big chunks of my message today um, just because it, w- it became really too long. And, uh, and one of the things we were going to look at that maybe we'll save for another message is there are about six, different, six or seven different places in the New Testament where it says, make every effort. But the things that it tells us to make every effort are surprising. For example, one of them, make every effort to enter God's rest. Now that sounds strange, right? Work hard to rest, right? But but the things that we, our effort is not striving to do so that God will love us and accept us. But our effort, is knowing that God already loves and accepts us in Christ and to work from that love to bring joy to the Father by how we serve Him as living sacrifices. Right? To to pour out our lives for Jesus in the way that He has called us to pour out our lives. as as an act of worship because we know that the Father loves us. Not striving to gain approval. And I hope you hear that today. And our doing, um, our doing will naturally and regularly flow out of our being and out of our calling. Another whole big chunk that i cut out today that i'll just make reference to was the story that that we see in the gospels of jesus interaction with two sisters named martha and mary and uh and i think without diving into that story because it would take too long um i think what we can learn from martha and and mary is not that doing is bad but that sitting at the feet of Jesus before we do is vital. That we need to know um, that we need to lean into intimacy with the Father. We need to know His love, receive His love, receive His direction and instruction for our lives, receive His calling and His anointing, and then go and do what He has called us to do our doing will naturally and regularly flow out of our being and out of our calling. We don't want to be stuck in a frantic attempt to please God or feel accepted and feel important because of our busyness. However, we do have a race that's marked out for us. Each one of us does. And we do need today to do business with God to know that our hearts are right with God and that we are we are ready for his returning that we are living for his returning that we are living in such a way that he will he will he will when we stand before him he will bless us and reward us and honor us as we've honored him with our lives we do have a race marked out with us for us. We do need to do business with God and we do need to be about the business of his kingdom as a, as a thankful, grateful, worshipful outflow of his work in us. So I want to pray with you today. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to pray for you that God will take this this moment in your life. First of all, as we said, to, to be sure, to be sure that you know you are ready for Jesus' return. Folks, if you're watching this and you've not made Jesus the Savior and Lord of your life, you've not surrendered to him then please don't wait another day. Please don't wait another moment. Because you don't want to be those who miss the calling home of the church. And folks, if you are not currently engaged and involved in investing your life in some form of ministry, serving God in some way, I want to invite you to find a way. We want to help you do that. Find a way to get involved, whether it's on one of our teams here at Evangel, whether it's in a, in a some way of serving in the community, serving in your neighborhood for the sake of the kingdom. But God has put things in your life that he wants you to be using for his kingdom. So let me pray for you today as we as we finish off our time together. Father, I thank you for every person who's joined us today. I thank you for, God, for your love for them, for your heart for them. I thank you, God, for the kingdom purpose and calling that is on their life. God, if there is anyone who does not yet know you as Savior, Lord, Master, King in their lives, God, I pray that today would be the day when they say yes to Jesus. Pray that they would be able to say with me as I pray these words, Father, I know I need a Savior. I know that my life is full of sin and failure and garbage that I'm not proud of. And I ask you to come into my life and forgive me and cleanse me and wash me, and make me new. I ask you that you would strengthen me and fill me with your spirit, that I could live for you and for your kingdom for the rest of my days, and that I would be ready for your return. God, I pray for those that are not currently serving in some uh, capacity, and I pray that, God, you would speak to each one about, uh, that you would give understanding and wisdom and revelation about they, who you have called them to be and what you have called them to do. The, the race that you have marked out for them. And I pray your blessing on them today to step into that calling and to, to, to walk in obedience and to faithfully steward, faithfully invest the things that you've put in their lives. I pray this for them today. We give you thanks and praise in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you folks. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being part of our, our online service. We hope that uh, to give you good news this week and, and for us to be able to join together for our conference and join together for worship next Sunday. We pray